and welcome to For the Love of Merlin. I'm Sonia, and with me is my co-host Mila. Hi, Mila. Hello. Today's episode, episode 47, is Lamia. What's in a name? The synopsis for this episode is Merlin finds himself fighting for survival against an unseen enemy more deadly than he could possibly imagine. Great. <laughs> Look. <laughs> We're going to start with some reservations about this episode. Well, here's the thing. First of all, the title. It's funny to me that she's like, my name's Lamia. I'm like, ah, so if you'd all studied the history of magical creatures, you know, this is bad. (laughs) I'm like, her name can't be Lamia. She is a Lamia. (laughs) Right. Right. Your name is not really Lamia. It's like, my name is Dog. I'm like, no, (laughs) your name's not Dog. Your name is like Rex or something. You are a dog. I understand no, it's fine. It's it's not even a criticism. I just am like, oh, so if these guys had studied their magical creatures, they'd know. Yeah. Obviously, the one person that knows is Gaius. Yeah, too bad he's not along for the ride. Sad. This episode's definitely just one of those one-offs. It's, look, we're not saying anything bad about the episode just yet, but it is a filler. <laughs> just yet. It is a filler episode. I don't know if I can't. I don't really want to get into next week, but right. I, look, I, that was. I'm here sitting and thinking about it. But I'm like, the comment that I have to do is about next week and not this week. So when when we get to the end of the episode, I'll comment on that. Right. I just wonder what was the idea in planning this season here. What's the what do we need here? Was it a Gwen story? Because this wasn't enough of a Gwen story for me to say it was a Gwen episode. No. It ends on a very Gwen note. It's about Gwen at the end. But I don't really... I'm happy to have a little quest for Merlin and the Knights sans Arthur because I like their dynamic. And I think then five minutes in, it gets taken away from me because I'm like, well, these aren't the Knights. (laughs) And, you know, I also like this kind of setup of kind of like passing the baton from Gaius to Merlin. I think that might be some of the idea and the theme of this episode, sending Merlin on his own. Yeah. Making people trust Merlin more, saying, yes, he is capable. He's capable of more than you think. I can do that. Like, I think it's about a little bit more Merlin in the beginning, Gwen at the end. I just want to believe I'm, I'm holding on for dear life to these two stories. Right, because it can... The A story can be a little amorphous in this episode. It's just like we're going through the woods with this girl. Yeah. And what does that do to everybody? It's set up a little bit like a psychological thriller. A little bit. It's got horror elements. It's set up like a psychological thriller. I like a lot of that. I just don't know about the Lamia being very dynamic. I don't know. There's also a lot of elements of like, dumb guys and like the evil temptress she's a medusa right right in the sense of i love medusa i think the distortion of what medusa was into a monster is the retelling of history through men (laughs) so this is a little bit of that vibe where i'm like let's not lean into that lore of like oh the evil temptress snake woman (laughs) yeah i was a little disappointed with that i'm like oh this doesn't sit right Yeah, I think maybe that's why we need to make Gwen shine so much at the end. The good female. Yes, that makes sense. 
It's an interesting episode. There's a lot to think about psychologically in this episode about what they're saying, because there's also a lot of messages like, oh, it's just a girl. Like, uh. <laughs> just a girl, just a servant. I'm like, don't say that things are just anything anymore. Haven't you learned anything in four seasons? Yeah. From a writing standpoint, I'm like, OK, our knights are just a bunch of dudes. who. It's not chivalry. It's just I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's interesting. It's interesting to see our boys pitted against each other for sure yeah they're really angry in this episode you know what i do consider is that it must have been fun for them to play something other than nice i think that it is fun i think that it's refreshing when you have to record an episode that you play the opposite of what your character is you get to explore how your character would be otherwise yeah i think that that was a lot of fun it was probably very different for all of them to be together and have to act that way with each other and with uh, Colin. I know. There's a lot of mean Merlin moments. Maybe that's why I'm a little iffy sometimes about this episode because I'm like, okay, it's just a long episode about everyone being mean to Merlin. <laughs> that's true. Let's just get into it. Yes, let's do it. So we open on this village, which I don't know what this location is. There was no commentary for this episode, but it reminds me of the Yeldor village. And I'm like, well, at least they probably didn't wreck this place because it looked like it was still pretty together after filming. That's true. It was not like a muddy mess field after, after they filmed it. It just looked still like a village. Yeah. So you got this cute couple. And then there's this scream outside, and I'm definitely like, this is a horror movie, right? I'm like, no, 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 she's right. Don't go out there. But he's he says that he's like me, pretty much the defender of the village, so he has to go and see what's going on. I understand that also. I understand that choice. I get it. He makes a good choice. But back at Camelot, good thing this this woman from this couple is uh, friends with Gwen, because uh, Gwen just happens to know the king. Like, imagine going to see your friend who's a maid. She's like, oh, let's go to the king's chambers. No, impossible. Well, I'm not sure. I bet that Gaius knows Gwen since she was pretty young also. But it seems to me after a little bit later in the episode that they know Gaius. Well, it sounds to me like they lived in Camelot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they decided to just move away because, you know, too, much, too many days of being attacked by magical creatures. Makes you want to move away to another town. I wouldn't choose to live in Camelot. Like, if there was a little nice town in the country that I could live, probably would move there. Sounds like a smart idea. Yeah. Not the place to live if you want to be safe all the time. Not that they're safe. That's bad, too. They have no doctor, so it's a different kind of not safe. They're far away from Gaius. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to save them, which is very real to the time, right? If you didn't live in the city, like, you got no hope. You're going to die of whatever. You're pretty much dead already. Melanie Hill, who plays Mary, plays this very well of being like, no, 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 you're the king. Like, never mind with my stupid little request. Just kidding. It's okay. I don't really need any help. Arthur is super likable in this episode. Oh, he really is. And for once, he didn't listen to fucking Agravine. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So much to say. So much to say in this episode about Arthur. Great Arthur episode. It begins here. And I got to say, I forgot to bring this up last episode. I was really glad to have Arthur take this meeting in his regular clothes because this is going to happen more and more in seasons four and five as we go. Now that he's king, for some reason, the costume department constantly puts him in chainmail, 
even when he's just chilling in the castle. And I'm like, that's weird. It gets to the point where it starts to play on my mind during scenes. The further we go into the show, because I'm like, why is he just sitting in the in a room in Camelot in chainmail? It's one thing if you're a knight, even the knights, like, I don't know why you would run around in chainmail all day if you're not planning to go out and fight. But Arthur specifically, I'm like, I mean, I know he's supposed to be like the action guy who goes and fights himself and not sends his knights out. But if you're just having a meeting or holding court, you probably don't need to be wearing chainmail. Just that's my point. <laughs> And I noticed that I noticed that in reverse because I didn't notice that he was wearing chainmail all the time. But when he showed up in the scene with regular clothes, I was like, wait a second. That's not what you look like usually. That's funny because I don't think they ever I don't mean this in a mean way. I don't think they ever figured out his king look outside of being in chainmail. Right. Because now he looks like Arthur season one and two. Yes. It's like young Young Prince Arthur. Well, it's the duster Arthur, my favorite Arthur, let's be honest, right? I don't know. I think it's fine to have him in a duster. He looks older. He's a man now. He looks very different from day one Arthur. And we know he's king. We got it. It's settled in our brain. I just feel like if we don't want to do the same look as he used to have, I don't think chainmail all the time was the answer I would have gone with. But it's funny that you didn't notice it and I forgot to bring it up. And now you notice it because he's not wearing chainmail. Right, exactly. It was so weird. I was like, oh, this is back. This outfit is back. It's been a while since I've seen you in regular clothes. Yeah. Also, they got they did a really great job with Uther's leisure inside the castle day to day outfits. Very leathery. Look, let's let's also be fair. In the last few episodes there's been a lot of like pajama naked Arthur. <laughs> that is true. For the last for the last so it's either been chainmail or nothing it's chainmail or naked you only have two choices it's because we get a lot of scenes of merlin trying to get him out of bed him getting dressed and having these conversations he did have that look he wore with the red i thought that was good i don't even know what to call it it's almost like a quilted vest that he was putting on when he was talking to agravain when agravain was all like let's go after gaius yes that I feel like should be the regular everyday look for Arthur. Maybe they didn't like it. I don't know. I liked it. I even liked that it had like that black stuff on it from being under chainmail. I liked it. I didn't have any problem with that outfit. Yeah, I think that should be the go-to look. And then like when we get ready to ride out, Arthur puts on chainmail. That makes more sense. Anyway, moving on from that very important point. <laughs> yeah, of course he's going to help. He's not Uther. It's Gwen's friend. So extra... He's going to help. I love, I love this feeling of him in Gaius's chambers. Like he's chilling out with Merlin and Gaius as they work. Just sitting in a chair, like really just chilling, hanging out, sitting on a chair, like having a friendly, regular conversation. Be like, hey, what do you guys think that I should do here? Give me some insight on this problem. I want more of this. I want chill dude arthur like going to his two favorite advisors outside of the, the settings of holding court and having all these people around and aggravating there just like hey i trust you guys to make this decision what do you think i totally agree i love it so good it's nice to see merlin at his other job just remembering that he has two jobs <laughs> just another reminder that he works a lot all the time all the time I love Bradley James in this whole episode, but I love the way he says Merlin when Guy says, 
Merlin should go. Merlin? That's not the solution I expected to this problem. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's just so funny because he... I think it's funny that he doesn't recognize that Merlin learned. Well, he says that Merlin cannot even find his own behind most of the times. And Merlin's sitting at the table being like, great, thank you. This was my feeling at the time. I was like, rude. Funny, but rude. But still rude. <laughs> and I love the way Colin turns around and gives him the one eyebrow like, who the hell are you talking to? Can't find my own backside. Uh, listen, like oblivious guy number one, like you should be billed as like oblivious guy one in every episode, Arthur. That's the funny thing. Accusing Merlin of being unaware of the world from Arthur is hilarious. When he's the last guy to find out anything happening in the castle for the last four seasons. Or anything at all. Because as we'll see later, Gwen gets pretty close to like spending a couple days with Merlin and figuring out his secret. <laughs> Very close. I was like, just tell her. We'll get into that. I don't want to reply to what you just said because it's so much of that feeling in this episode. But I just love also this like whispery tone between Gaius and Arthur. Do you you really think he can do it? Like he's worried. Can he handle the responsibility? Oh, honey, he's handled the responsibility of saving your life and the kingdom for like five years now. Just... Six years, five years. I lose track because we jump time twice in this right. in this show. I don't know. We're about six years into this journey for them. I think so. Yeah. No, don't worry. He can handle the responsibility. Yes. And I really love in the scene right after this that finally we get like the full recognition from, from Gaius and telling us also, hey, you've been studying really hard with me. Not only you've been working for Arthur, not only you've been learning magic on your own, but you've also been studying with me for many years now. I think that you know, by now you know at least the basics of what you have to do when we have some disease or some person that's sick and you have to go investigate. Yeah, because this is followed up basically by dinner time with Gaius and Merlin, where he gives Merlin a big pep talk. And it's just so sweet. It is. And Merlin is so worried, and they play this so well. I love the two of them. This is like the first time we've gotten dinner time with Gaius and Merlin in a while. I know it's very sweet that Merlin is very worried because people would put would be putting their lives in his hands in Gaius without missing a beat. It's like, hey, I put my life in your hands every day of my life, and so. This Arthur and Gwen and a lot of other people in Camelot. So I don't think that you should be worried, which is, it's very rare that Merlin gets this kind of recognition. And I think it is important. Yeah. And they're really setting us up for the fall too. Like they're building us up all the way. They're building Merlin up all the way and us up all the way, even later. But this continues the build up. I mean, the next morning, Gaius bestows your beloved medicine bag on Merlin. I love it. It's so great. They ride out to the village. I love that Camelot can't spare Gaius. They didn't just send Merlin. They sent Merlin, Gwen, Leon, Gwen, Percival, and Elian. So the Knights of the Round Table. Four. As we refer to them, Merlin and Gwen. So everybody but Gaius and And Arthur. Arthur. (laughs) Because somebody's got to be there to go rescue them, right? You know. 
I love this. I love that like they sent out the full force with Merlin. Like Merlin's at the head of this troop at this moment. Merlin's in charge of the knights, basically. And it's a very different dynamic. And even they get there and they the villagers don't want this boy. And Elian gets really defensive about Merlin. His name is Merlin. I'm like, great, thank you for introducing him. I love it. I love how protective... I've always loved how protective the knights are over Merlin, which is why I find this episode a little difficult for me. It's a little bit extra painful. It's hard. It's like watching... It's a version. I mean, they're enchanted, so it's it's understandable. But it's like watching a version of Arthur using him as a step stool. Like, please stop. <laughs> yeah, please don't don't do that. It's not nice. Please don't do that. It's painful. But yeah, Doctor Merlin starts his, his little venture here, and starts bossing people around. And we always like having Merlin in charge. And the second he's alone, he tries magic. <laughs> I was just gonna say that I love that he's like, well, you know, don't need to talk to me anymore. You need to go and get water, hot water, and get blankets. And then as soon as they leave, he's like, oh, 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 with his hand on top of the person. I'm like, yep, that sounds about right. Yes, and I, I do wonder at this point of the show what we're saying about Merlin's healing magic. Okay, because healing magic is stronger than Gaius's medicine. Anyway. I don't know what we're saying because he can't do it. Well, he he was able to once, right? Remember? He has. Yeah, he got better at it last time. And we were like, great, he's getting better at magic healing. Yes. Important. Some might say vital. Vital, for sure. But I also, I also didn't understand. I don't know why this is the one weak spot for him. To logic it away, I'm going to say it's because he relies on Gaius. To logic it away in a writer's room, I'm going to say because that's what they needed to happen. That's how I logic it away on this episode because I was like, well, this had to happen so the episode could go forward. Otherwise, we wouldn't have an episode, really. Yeah, yeah. You and I always come to these points where we're like, this happened this way because the writers needed it to happen this way for the story to work. But I would say it's probably time to find a different mechanism to have Merlin fail at healing. Yes, because I don't know. This Lamia person, girl, woman, she's not even immortal. It's pretty easy to kill her. You can just do it a regular sword. We'll get to that. You know what I mean? Like, come on. I just, yeah, no, look, a lot of interesting things happened in this episode, including Arthur finally doing a thing. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the ending for us. Not that we don't know what happens. I just don't want to spoil the end, the, the, the jokes of the... Arthur gets a star. You get a star now. It's an Arthur episode. It's like he's not really around and it's still like an Arthur episode for me. It really is. It's really funny like that. Yeah. It's a really, really great Arthur episode. So he tries his best. He needs Gaius and he eludes it at sorcery. You know, we just move through the story in the village really fast. Also, including a classic scene of Gwen's scaring the shit out of everyone or ruining something by going to pee in the middle of the night. He always has to cause trouble by peeing in the middle of the night. I just love that this is a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. I was like, of course it's you. It couldn't be any of the other nights. They're all asleep. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe because he drinks too much ale and he has to pee in the middle of the night. Makes sense. I'm going to logic that one away. So ride out. I love that they come upon the bandits. 
Sir Leon has a quiet, deliberate, structured plan. And then Gwen sees a girl in trouble and he's like, charge! You're like, great. Classic. Great. Good. I'm enamored with this entire fight scene. I mean, it's it's good and it's campy and it's the music and it's the punching sounds and it's Percival never taking out his sword, not once. It's just there in his belt. It's not like he doesn't have it. I looked. I was like, does he not have a sword? No, he has it. It's just like, why? <laughs> he doesn't need one. He can just pick people up and throw them on the ground. Or put them behind his head and snap them, apparently, also, coming from the sounds. We even put a sound effect on Merlin using his magic, which we don't usually get. It was like a punch landing. But even he's getting in on the fight. I love it. I felt like I was watching Robin Hood Men in Tights, but like, a, a, you know, a less comical version of that. Yes. I also have that when Percival gets Lamia, I'm like... This sleeveless chainmail is so funny to me. It is hilarious because it's like he opened the little links and just took them out. He's like, yeah, I look better with a sleeveless chainmail because I don't need my arms protected at all. I especially love it because one side is very straight and the other's got like a little bit of like, it's almost like cloth, like it's torn. Yes, yes. I love it so much. I'm I'm here for Percy. So good. I'm like, your arms are enormous. Um, I understand the purpose of not having sleeves. Yeah, he's gigantic. His arms are gigantic. So I can see why Lamia would want to be just cuddled up in there. Like she looks minuscule. She looks like a child. All right. She looks so small. I mean, I figure that the actress, uh, Charlene McKenna, is pretty small. But, you know, she looks tiny. You look extra tiny when you're in Percival's arms. Definitely. To put her in Percival's arms really, even if it wasn't a conscious decision on their part, really made her look like this tiny, helpless thing because they chose Percival to hold her. And we start right away. If you want to give us bad vibes as an audience, you have someone react badly to Merlin because Merlin tries to, like, take care of her hands and she totally loses her shit first of all she screams when she sees them and i'm like that's not an appropriate reaction <laughs> no it really isn't because another man is holding you so why aren't you screaming already well a giant armored man is holding you and like this sweet little like boy with a bowl cut comes up to you and you know i hate i object to calling merlin a boy but like in this context you know what i mean yes i do so you know right away you're like nah this is bad she's bad she's the bad thing because we know there's something out there yes this is where it begins they have fallen for the trap this is all turning into like extreme jealousy and anger yeah it starts pretty fast at night we get the reveal right away i mean they don't really keep it a secret she's out there in the woods and in case it wasn't clear when percival was being a dick to merlin right away Percival goes out to the forest to find her. It's a combination of like the Medusa stuff and kind of like the siren. Right. The damsel in distress. There's a lot of these female tropes, but like the temptress and the evil woman happening all at once. And Percival goes out there and she's all like, oh, you found me. Like, eh. That annoys me a little bit just because, you know, 
Charlene McKenna does a great job, but the I think what gets to me in this episode is that she annoys me, right? Because I'm a woman and I'm like, stop. <laughs> yes. Much like Gwen later. And we were just talking before we started recording it on this whole theme of women being evil. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, he's enchanted, she's evil, and poor Merlin just like pops up in the forest like he does because I love how like we don't see him following anyone, but we know. We know what's happened here, right? <laughs> it's been 47 episodes. This is Snoopy Merlin just being like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Do you want some water? I got water. Great. Just handing out water in the middle of the night in the <laughs> middle of the forest. Well done. Well done. At least he brought a cover story with him, like a jug of water, like a flask of water. At least at this point, he saved Percival because he was going to be a real problem. Yeah, we don't know at this point that it's the kiss that, like, does you win. And in the village, now we can surmise that every guy she's tempted out there who's fallen ill in this village has kissed her. Yes. Which is like a pretty, I'm going to say back then. As far as I can tell with the behavior in this episode, I would say it's pretty easy to get a guy to like come kiss you in the woods. <laughs> I think that especially if you're magical and you can get into their heads, I think that's extra easy. Yeah, I think it's extra easy prey. I mean, easy prey for the picking in this village and even with the Knights of Camelot. Not really a lot of brain power going on in this episode between the boys. And I do in my notes refer to it now that we split the storyline between Arthur, I do in my notes refer to it as Arthur in the forest and the boys. Like it's Arthur and the boys, Arthur and the right. boys. That's how I've split up my notes. Well, because most, once we get to the forest and they have Lamia, that's basically how the episode is structured. It's yeah. them going to their final destination or where Lamia is trying to take them and Arthur try to follow them to find what's going on. Right. Exactly. At this point, we cut to Camelot and Arthur's worried. He's not liking the timetable of how long they've been gone. And in this scene, I'm like, hey, Agravain, no one wants your advice. Clearly. Arthur's like, what do you say, Gaius? Are you ready to go? Is this whole like uh, sweating sickness and Camelot done? Can we leave? Gaius is like, yeah, I'm pretty much done here. We can go. Agravain's like, ugh, no one's listening to me anymore. And I say, uh, I wonder why. Because you've been giving terrible advice. Thank God. It just took so long. Why is he even there still? I have a feeling, I have a feeling that this is not going to last for that long. I have a feeling that this is a one-off episode that I get happy for a second and I'm going to get annoyed in the next episode. So I'm not like celebrating too, too much here. You're looking at the episodes to see what's going to happen. <laughs> I can see Sonia's eye on, eyes on her notebook, just scanning to see what happens next. It's funny because I looked at the notebook out of instinct, but I didn't need it because I know what next week's episode is. And what I was doing was playing what I can remember of that episode in my head for a second concerning Agravain. Because it's a rather big episode, I can remember a bunch. And oh boy. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> Things are things are going to get worse before they get better. I'm not going to tell you wrong, but you're right. Great. Awesome. <laughs> things will get better, but first they have to get way, <laughs> way worse. Obviously. Like, unimaginably worse. Like, you can't even predict what's coming for you, and it's bad. Okay, cool. Um, so, in this one off Gonna, I'm going to ignore that comment and just focus on this one episode here. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, ride out. I love that the ride out just keeps happening in this episode. Just ride out. Okay, cool. Back at the boys camp, Lamia hates Gwen too. So if you didn't already totally hate her, <laughs> she's being bitchy with Gwen. And all the knights are now dicks. Okay. There's no other way to put it. They're all just being a bunch of dicks. I wrote on my notes, what a bunch of jerks. <laughs> why are you so much, why are you being such a jerk? That's the nicer way. They're all mean. Now Gwen, which I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I don't want Gwen to be mean. No. Nope. <laughs> I mean, it's the one person I'm like, you can never be mean. But he can. Right. Apparently. It's painful. It's painful because you're like, no, 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 not Gwen. He's Merlin's protector. Merlin deserves a protector. I'm not saying that they did a bad job. They're doing a great job. That's why I'm aggravated. I'm really aggravated during chunks of this episode because I'm like, stop it. Stop doing that. Don't do that. And that's always a compliment to the actors. Please I know that like we've been here for so many episodes now and you've heard us saying this, but I'm going to say it again because who knows if somebody just chooses to start by from this episode. So confusing. They're like, these girls are weird. <laughs> they hate the actors. We do not. We love them. And that's a compliment because we get really annoyed at the characters, which means that the actor is doing a great job. Yeah. Good job. If I'm annoyed at you while you're playing a mean part, that's kudos to you. Correct. Poor Merlin. <laughs> Meanwhile, Arthur and his troop, uh, a bunch of dead dudes, which is not a good sign for us. No. Did she kiss all of these dudes? Yes. Yes. That's what I think. Which is fine. It is fine. Not judging. Unless, I mean, she killed all of them, so it's not really fine. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm judging the monster. I'm not saying, I'm no slut shaming on this podcast. Exactly. Exactly. You can kiss as many people as you like. Probably not if that's going to kill them, though. Bad. You know, just gotta, gotta consider your options here. Yes, yeah, so they're all dead. They don't have any signs of fight or injuries or anything. And Agravane is just saying dumb stuff. He's like, there's a cage, there's an animal. And Guy's like, wrong. That's a person. That's a person. Also, I love, I love Guy's being like, you shut up now. I love it. He comes, he comes out of nowhere, walks in, and he's like, you're wrong. Let me tell you what this is. This is why I'm here. You go away now. Honestly, we got this whole big apology from Arthur last episode. They should have had, held court, and guys should have been allowed to just backhand aggravate in front of everybody. Just like that should have been the punishment. Okay, let's be honest. But we'll do it here, verbally. No, you're wrong. Shut up. Just stop talking. You don't know anything. I'm here to tell you what this is. Also, it does interest me. The reason I asked if she kissed everyone is because, of course she did. But it's an interesting creature, right? She could kill everyone by turning them against each other. Yes. The knights could very capably just kill each other. As we're about to see, because... So wait, before we move forward, I have a question. Because I don't know if she kissed everyone. Only if she, like, hypnotized everyone. Because if you see a person kiss her and then the person dies... It's complicated what happened in this camp because I do, it's probably very simple, but I'm overcomplicating it because I wonder, like, they didn't all die at once. Like, she could have kissed them and then they get sick and, like, we've seen, right? But she does it in secret. So how did she lure them each one by one away from each other to do it is interesting to me because they're all laying dead next to each other. 
Right. That's my thing. They're all laying dead together. So I'm not really sure because we can talk about it later. Later in this episode, when one knight sees the other one get getting killed. He snaps out of it. He snaps out of it. So that's what I'm wondering here. If she kissed one and then she used magic on the other ones because they found out that she was. I don't know. I think the implication here is that she did. But we don't know it's kissing it. So we she did her thing on all of them because they point out how weird it is. Yes. But it's interesting the logistics of that. Things that we consider in an episode. The logistics of killing lots of men all at once. Great. Actually, the logistics of kissing a lot of men all at once. And killing them in the process. Yes, that. It's it's just, I just want to know how, okay? I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing or like, like they made a mistake. It's not a bad choice. I believe it. I believe it. When they're there, I totally believe it. I'm like, yep, that makes sense. I'm just like, how though? Yes, yes. Like I'm intrigued. It's an intrigue thing where I'm like, impressive. Because we do see she could just basically kill them by turning them on each other. All these people are armed, right? So Gwen and Leon get into a fight, which is crazy. It is crazy. It's kind of cool seeing them like fight each other. Oh my God, weird. It is weird. And it's a little bit scary because they can actually kill each other. A hundred percent. And she looks really happy with herself. She's just enjoying this over by the tree, just smiling alone, weirdly. Same, same weird disease that Morgana has. I'm like, don't make that face. People are going to realize it's you. Hello. There's people around. Enjoying your own evil powers to yourself. Smiles. You're not really alone, though. There's like a bunch of people around you. Interestingly enough, though, Elian and Percival still have the presence of mind to stop them. Yes. Yeah, it's hard to watch our sweet, sweet nights be mean. There's something I do love, though. If we're watching them all be mean to each other, don't super like it, even though they're doing a really good job. I'm like, no, I don't like you this way. I do love these super bitchy looks between Lamia and Merlin. I just am eating that shit up with a spoon. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) more of that. Just like the way it used to be with Morgana. I do wonder at this point. I'm like, Merlin, just kill her. I mean, just snoop in the middle of the night and kill her. Problem solved. Yeah. Problem solved, because what does she do next? She actually attacks. She kisses Elian. It's interesting because we've seen him the least mean, but it is a way to get Gwen really upset really fast. Yes. You go for Elian first. Gwen really escalates from a five to a ten real fast. He was super rude to Gwen at one point. Oh, that's true. He was. This doesn't concern you. Yes. Yes. Very rude. Very rude. Yeah. Very rude to Gwen. Which problem? Problem there. <laughs> Don't be rude to Gwen. Meanwhile, Gaius and Arthur are having a very special moment because Arthur gets a history lesson from Gaius. I love it. And we learn what she is. We do get a terrible line from Arthur, which is, she's just one girl. Uh, maybe don't. <laughs> like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of these comments. I literally wrote, shut up, Arthur. He's got one bad moment. The rest of the show, brilliant Arthur. Okay. Agree. Yeah. This again, this episode is like girls are weak. Guys are idiots. They're manipulated by women. Women are enchantresses. They're evil. They're strong. They're weak. What? <laughs> when you do all the stereotypes all at once, it's really hard to get a grip on it. <laughs> it can get very confusing. Yes. I do love when he says like she's a Lamia and I'm just like, so that's her name. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, 
it reminded me of one time that we were talking about Merlin outside, not being recorded because we do that also, guys. And you were saying that you were reading a book. I think it was Avalon. Miss of Avalon. Yes. And you said that Merlin was not a name and it was actually the title of the, the sorcerer. So it's a Merlin, the same way that she's the Lam Lamia, and that's not actually her name. So it made me think about that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's funny because I read that book and I didn't think of that. But yeah, it's kind of the same where it's like Merlin versus the Merlin, where she's like Lamia and she's a Lamia. <laughs> right, right. But also like if you're gonna go around trying to kill a bunch of dudes, maybe don't name yourself after like an evil creature that does that because like maybe one of them might know. Maybe people might have studied a little bit. This is the problem with banning like magical knowledge, okay? Then you don't know anything and you can't defend yourself. Right. Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Just say. Happens every day, guys. Even in our world. Anyway, Arthur in serious tracking mode is an Arthur I really adore. Not even on his horse. And this begins a lot of intercuts throughout the journey of Arthur trying to track them down and Agravain being the worst and Arthur being like, no, no, finally. Finally, I was like, oh my God, this is actually pleasant to watch and I'm not screaming at my computer screen. Agravain. For the first time in several episodes, for the first time in several episodes, he's like, no, I'm the king. This is what I'm doing. You're going to shut up and come along or you can just go back to Camelot. He even reminds him, he's like, uh, Gwen's out there. Hello. Gwen, remember remember the woman that you told me to leave? Great. I didn't leave her. So we're going to get her right now. And now we're going to go find her. I mean, Anchorman goes as far as like to stomp all over a bunch of tracks. Yes, and put some some branches and leaves on top. And I'm like, great, you're actively trying to cover these up. Which is funny because none of this is even his plan. He just hopes they're in danger. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really planned. He's like, well, this is working my favor, so I'm just going to keep this going. Agravain's really good at that. He's like, I'm just going to keep giving terrible advice and not helping and obstructing Arthur's path. And that will in itself make something bad happen. Eventually, it will work out. Yeah, back at camp, they find Elliot. You know, it was Lamia's comment of like, they'll find your brother. <gasps> I wanted to punch her in the face. I'm like, shut up. Also, Charlene McKenna doing a great job, which is why we're so angry. Correct. I mean, the second she says that before they even find him, Gwen's like, mm, okay. And then she goes to Merlin and she's like, okay, you're right. She's evil. I'm with you. I know it's her. Merlin's like, yeah, no, I feel like I said that already. Yeah, no, I, I know. <laughs> Yeah. Merlin's like, yeah, no, I got it. We get more mean Sir Leon, which I'm like, no, thank you. So me, he screams so much in this episode. I'm like, don't scream. Just relax. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Relax. Jeez. They took the logic center of Camelot and made him like a rage machine. And I'm like, okay, I'm uncomfortable now. Yes. They accomplished, I think, what they wanted. Yeah, because this is why it's a psychological thriller. I'm uncomfortable a lot of this episode. I'm like, nope, nope, this makes me uncomfortable. Don't do it. Don't want it. Don't want anything to do with this. The writers win. I don't I don't think this is a bad episode. I just think they win. They accomplish the thing they wanted to accomplish, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like yes. the feeling. Yes. 
at least we can't like Gwen and Merlin team ups are one of my favorite things that happen in this show. It's a great team. Can't go wrong. And they get real whispering. They're like, well, Arthur's our only hope. You have magic, but okay. <laughs> yes. And I'm, I mean, I'm glad that Gwen has a lot of faith in Arthur because she's like, he must have been looking for us for days now. We're not back. I'm like, I'm glad that you trust your boyfriend that much. I mean, she's right. That you know in your heart that he left and is looking for you. She is right. That the king left his castle, took his men. I mean, at this point, Camelot's basically defenseless. Whoever wants to attack, this is your time. It's great. I love it. I love everything about that. When they finally reach the ruins, we even get Percival threatening the crap out of Merlin. It's funny because he's huge and it is intimidating, but I can't help but think the whole time, like, Merlin can end you. Funny enough. True. Merlin, this episode is an episode about Merlin's complete self-control. Oh my god, 100%. Because if I had magic, I'd be like, I'm just going to make you shut up right now. Blast you. Just like paralyze them all and kill her. And the enchantment will break. The end. <laughs> just saying, that was an easier solution than crawling half the forest to a bunch of ruins. A bunch of ruins with lots of skeletons. <laughs> Yes. So Lamia disappears and they go to this this uh, thing that I've called the Hall of Death because I'm just like, how many men has she lured here? This is, I guess, supposed to be like a snake pit full of bones from the victims. She's right. It's just a lot of dead people. Like a lot. It's a lot. We should probably, Merlin, get to killing. Like, I know Arthur's not in danger, but like maybe save the rest of humanity from this person, creature, thing, monster. Yeah, I also thought, I was like, well, I don't really know how old she is. She could look young because she can shapeshift. So she looks like a young lady and she's a really old monster. So, you know. Yeah, she could have been doing this for a thousand years at this point. Yes, definitely. So let's just get rid of her. Still a lot of people. Under I still think it's a lot of people. I'm just saying that I think she's old. Yeah. You're 100% right. I do love Colin's delivery of every line in this moment. It's very modern. The way he's like, what is this place? It's just that point that you're freaking out on the inside. You wish that you had finished this lady in the forest and you're like, now it's just too late and we're inside. And I don't know what's going to happen. He's at that moment towards the end of the horror movie where you're just like, you've had enough. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Okay. I'm like, I'm done. I'm tired. I've been traveling for days. This just got harder. You guys have been shoving me around for days. <laughs> and I just don't have the energy anymore. Enchanted Leon is like, oh, we have to find her. She might be in danger. And it's, it's again, the way Colin says, where are the ones in danger, Leon? <laughs> He's so annoyed. He's like, I can't take this anymore. It's so good. It's so funny to be. Oh, my God. We're going to get killed. Wake up. If there was ever, this is a trap moment. This is it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just pitch perfect delivery on these lines. I love it. Everyone's doing such a good job in this episode. I mean, everyone's just nailing their performance. Rupert Young as angry Leon even 
fantastic. Scary. Although, because he's doing such a good job, this Leon makes me sad. And uh, now we get really mean Gwen. So it's sad because Merlin's really trying to save his friend here. He's like, please don't do this. He's like, no, you stay. I'll go walk around. Merlin's like, great, great, awesome. This is the moment where Gwen's like, okay, not me because I'm a woman, but why not you? There's something. She says, there's something about you, Merlin. And I might live to regret this in this podcast. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to get through the rest of the show inside of the podcast. Like, you know, I've seen it, but I haven't analyzed it like this. In this moment, though, I am feeling like this is when they should have told Gwen. I mean, I haven't seen the rest of the show. And I think that I agree with you. In me, I was like, just tell her, tell her, tell her. This is it. There's nobody around. Elian is passed out on the floor. She won't tell anyone. You know that you can trust her. Just say something. But he didn't. Also, I'm like, Gwen, I knew that I liked you from the very first episode. Because you're smart. Nobody else in this cast, nobody else in Camelot would have just put things like, you know, we talked about the last episode that people are not very good at observing and putting information together. And that's what she did just now. She observed what was happening, put the information together. And she's like, this doesn't make sense. There's something else that I'm not aware of. Yeah. I'm going to spoil this for you. Gwen will eventually find out. I figured. I yes, you, it's not really a, spo- a spoiler. I just I don't know how and when, but yes, I knew that she was going to find out. I will spoil this for you that for me it is a particularly good moment. The way it is that Gwen finds out. I do really enjoy the way they wrote Gwen finding out. I'm happy because I like that relationship. And I would expect nothing less. But I still think it should have been here. That's so interesting. I think. Again, I might live to regret this by that moment. By the moment we get to the moment where Gwen finds out, I might live to regret (laughs) what I've said here. You're going to be like, I didn't really mean that a few episodes ago. (laughs) Remember when I said this? Just no. Right. It's hard. It's hard when you're in it and you're trying to analyze it as a show, as the person who's seen it already. Like, I think it would have worked here. It also has a similar, there's a similar thing about it. So I'm just like, she could have just put two and two together, Gwen. Like, I just, I also wish you just would have said something. But the ending of this goes a long way to stop her from finding out. Yes. So we leave that alone, I guess. Forget that conversation. Gwen is the next victim. Merlin finds him, which we must mention that Gwen's walking around these hallways. They've been in the forest for God knows how many days. How does his hair still look perfect? Like, I want to know. I mean, his hair is perfect all the time. It's just stupid hair. It's so perfect. And then we see her finally with Percival doing the thing. I mean, we saw it with Elian, but this is even more. This is when Sir Leon sees them, snaps out of the enchantment. I almost want to believe he snaps out of the enchantment because he sees her snake eyes. Like, if you saw her true form. Yeah, could be. You would not been under the spell anymore right so he gets very screamy and i'm like too late leon (laughs) it is too late 
welcome to the party, but you're a tad too late, okay? He gets blasted pretty quickly. Yeah, she really goes for it with him. It's not nice. It's not nice. I don't want to see him get hurt. Then Merlin finally arrives, and I love that he's just like, this is it. I love how he's waited for all the knights to basically be in mortal danger to be like, well, that's it. It's on now. But he does say he won't find me such easy prey. She's all tough talking like, I could kill you any moment. I'm like, no, I'm not sure you know who he is. I love, I love his like taunting. He's like, well, if you could kill me in the first place, why didn't you just do it already? It's like, great. I love this. I love this hero bad guy back and forth banter. We don't really get it very often like this. This is very superhero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I'm such a bad guy. Just do it. Just get it over with. Let's go. Because when it happens with Morgana, it's just so serious and so sad. And here it's very like, all right, we're doing this. This is a one off. You don't mean anything. Let's let's fight. Yes, because with Morgana, we invested for several seasons for her to find her powers, for her to not be scared of her powers, for her to like just be on the right side of this his, this story here. And this, we don't really care about this lady. She can die. She can go die, as you say. Well, she's hurt all our nights. Just go die. So, magic fight. Here we go. Yeah. He impales her with a sword. And she turns into a giant snake monster. Less snake, more monster. Way less snake, way more monster. It took me a little bit to even figure it out what that was. You know, when you can like, it's very dark. The whole, the, the whole thing is very dark. And it took me a while to like really pay attention to be like, what form are you? What is, what is this? She's a reverse Medusa. Yes. Where she's like all snake and it all it snakes downward. It's like an octopus met a snake. Right, right. She's like the snake version of a kraken, like a giant snake monster. Which I don't think it was a... I wasn't expecting that form. So it confused me a little bit that I had to really pay attention to be like, oh, this is how this goes. I mean, this episode's kind of mean to Merlin, I have to say, because he fails at saving... <laughs> The villagers with medicine. He fails at magicking his way out of the situation. I mean, poor guy's having a rough episode. But I do love, I love all of the sequence. I love the lighting. And I love that you and I know that this is probably like the same 10 freaking feet of hallway. Like every single shot here is probably the same 10 feet of hallway. That's true. Like, now reverse it. And now do it this way. Now put this here. <laughs> but Angel's face is great when she sees the monster. She does some great CGI acting. Like, her freaked out face was so good. Her scream is amazing. Amazing. I love it. And I love that Merlin is in danger. And she just is Gwen, the badass hero. Finally a woman to root for. <laughs> Thank you. Goodness, only took four and a half seasons. I mean, we were always rooting for her, but like, come on. She picks up a sword and goes for it. I'm so proud of her. I am proud also. And I do love the way they do this, that when they're both on the ground, I love that she's like, nope, nope, you're not taking him. She's like, I will fight you with this sword. She strikes at the monster and then they're both on the ground about to get killed, which they're not gonna. You know they're fine because... 
he's it's interesting they've never done this before he's ramping up to use his magic and his eyes are already it's very again it's like a superhero thing where he's like already got the powers on he just doesn't want to do it in front of Gwen and he's just like waiting until he's like shit I don't want to do this and then the monster dies (laughs) right because he waited until the very very last last minute that he could to not use magic And then suddenly, your problems are solved. Spear in the back did the trick. Arthur finally saved everybody without needing magical help, which is good for him. And Bradley's hero pose when the monster falls away and he's just standing there is so good. So good. And I'm going to say that this is a first. I mean, I feel like if I really racked my brain, I would come up with like other circumstances in which like Arthur did a thing without the aid of magic. But very few. Yeah, he thinks he's slain the dragon, right? But it's nice to, like, give him the win. This is an episode where, like, this is why it's kind of an Arthur episode in a way, even though he's barely there because he gets the win. Yes. Without help, he saves his best friend and his girlfriend in one fell swoop. And it shows that if he trusts his own instincts instead of listening to other stupid people that are around him telling him to do otherwise... He does the right thing. Yeah, he followed his heart. He's like, well, I don't care if it doesn't make sense. Like, Gwen's in danger. I know this. I know this. They would have been back. And the Gwen hug happens. I love this dynamic between the three of them that Roland's like, hey, don't mind me here. I got that vibe of when your best friend gets a significant other, but you're close enough to both of them to whine about them being annoying. Yes. Hey, I'm here too, you know. (laughs) Thanks for noticing me here. Arthur like literally leaves Gwen for a second. He's like, okay, Gwen got up alone, but you need help. Let me come get you. He does his little Arthur thing where he pretends he's only kind of happy to see Merlin, which is such a metric ton of BS. Best friends forever. Shut up. Almost great. It's almost good to see you. It's like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll pretend that we believe this conversation. (laughs) Sure. Don't pretend you were any less worried about Merlin than you were about Gwen. Let's let's be really honest about that. Yeah, we go back to the village. Gaius has cured everyone. I don't think that we even are led to believe that Merlin should feel bad that he couldn't cure people. Like, it was a really hard puzzle. I don't think so. I didn't feel like that. He did his duty, actually. It was like, if it's simple, Merlin will cure them. And if it's not, he will figure out what the problem is and come back to me and give me his findings. And yeah. If the knights hadn't stopped him, that's exactly what he would have done. Thankfully, he saved all the knights, of course, because we knew there was never. And we get this uh, real classic conversation between uh, Arthur and Merlin where I'm like, Arthur, shut up. He's like, oh, you're saved by a girl. Like, oh, I might rather be dead. I was like, yes. They're like half-heartedly making fun of each other. They don't even believe it. They're like, nah. They don't really believe it. They're like, yeah, whatever. This is like their, their best friend guy speak of like love you love you too that's exactly what this is we get all the way back to camelot to see this grand arthur telling gwen how impressed he is with her and how proud he is and that i don't know it's very nice she's very excited to hear all of it and there's a big kiss and all the lighting i was just gonna say great lighting the music you know arthur gwen quick kiss traditional amazingness of the scenes yeah What we've come to expect from an Arthur and Gwen kiss, like this very dramatic, romantic vibe that I love and they execute so well every time, even though they like, even though it happens every time, every time I'm like, yes, 
Aw, yes. I'm the same way. It's so aw. The problem is that the little Marilyn played, and I know what's in the next episode. I literally was like, oh, shit. I didn't want the preview to start because I don't even know what to say to you. So uh, next week on Merlin. I mean, what? What is going on? I, I literally don't think I can say anything. That next week is so... I thought about you back in the day when we were like, remember the episode where Lancelot came back and it was supposed to be a surprise? And in the, in the preview, they were like, Lancelot. And you were like, what the hell? <laughs> this is kind of the same. But I mean, same preview. He was dead, and he's back. He's back trying to kill Arthur. He's a he's a bad guy now. Well, I mean, I don't believe that he's actually back. I believe that some sort of sorcery going on because you just don't come back from the dead like that, just easy. Not gonna tell you you're wrong. And Arthur proposes. That's pretty big. It is very big. There is a small thing that they've spoiled in there that I don't think you saw because it was fat. There were a lot of scenes in there, like just shoved into. This is pretty much the only two things that I I wrote on my notes. There are the main things that I got from the previews for next week. Cool. So uh, then I won't spoil it either. Great. Fair warning. You're going to get upset. Ugh. So, you know, cool. I mean, I'm tr- I'm guessing that towards till the end of the season, I'm pretty much gonna be upset every single episode not gonna say it's every single episode but you want you are again you can't even deny it there's definitely moments to look forward to but overall episodes you're gonna be just in an overall manner annoyed and upset with small moments of joy sprinkled every now and then you know into a tale of misery what's really interesting is that next week we will get to talk about a large moment in all of Arthurian lore. It happens in every version that you don't remember, which is very exciting because if you did remember, you'd 100% know what's coming in the next episode and you don't. I do not. So it's really, I'm happy that you've forgotten the Arthurian tale because it lends to you not knowing what's coming because if you did, you'd like 100% would know what's coming next week. Right. And at this point, you're like, oh, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. And then we'll get to talk about their version of the tale that's been told a thousand times. Of that moment. Right. So that's exciting. With that, we'll see you next week. All right. See you guys.